Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Footballers DFS podcast with your hosts Kyle Borgannoni and Matthew Betts. Well, hello there, wherever you are in the car, at the gym, whatever you're doing. It's the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast. I'm your host Kyle Borgannoni, and I am joined, as always, by Matthew coming to a city near you, Betts. I can't believe you left off. The most classic place to listen to the show, which is on the Iron Throne or on the Porcelain Throne, really, on the toilet. You say it every time. I was waiting for you to say it. You never did. You said it at the gym or, you know, working out in the car. Uh, Kyle, let's be honest. Everyone listening right now is on the toilet. You know, just, just, I thought this might be the best way to share this at the beginning of this episode, but I have a toilet story for everyone. And, oh, yeah? Yeah. This doesn't usually work out in the realm of, DFS in betting, but last night we officially have a toilet takedown bet from yours truly live on the toilet. I took a bet. Yep, that, we actually have the audio. Uh, thanks, Brooksy. Uh, yeah, it, it took me a while, but let's just say this: that live on the toilet, I live bet the New England Patriots to score the third touchdown of the game, and they did so. About 10 minutes later. So I cashed a toilet bet. <laughs> when you texted me last night, I was just thinking in my head, like, first off, that's incredible. Second, what was the rationale to actually make the bet other than being bored and what you were doing? <laughs> you know, you check in every once in a while. And if you've ever been on a DraftKings or a FanDuel, you know, an app, the touchdown bets are always ones that are so tantalizing because if you guess the right one, you get really good odds. If you guess the next touchdown, then you get really good. So my odds were plus 2,800, and I don't really know the rationale behind it because there's two possessions after I bet it, but I, I later on just told my wife, like, hey, I just want some money on the toilet. So uh, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Hey, honey, aren't you proud of me? You know, usually your your spouse, your significant other, isn't too proud of the time you spend on the toilet, but she was this time. So 
just wanted to tell the people that if you're out there, your win rate might increase this next year if you choose to spend more time there, right? And as we've said all summer, you know, if that's what that's what best ball is for, you know, that's where you draft. And when the UDK comes out every, you know, every June 1st, that's what that's designed for. So, yes, up your toilet time <laughs> this year in 2023, you know, what could go wrong? But you had a good chance there, Kyle. I, I teed you up to be really smart from a football guy standpoint and say, well, bets, you know, uh, the Cardinals were down multiple offensive linemen in this game. They couldn't move the ball. Kyler got hurt. He went out on the first series. So I, I thought maybe it was a good play with Colt McCoy in there. I teed you up for just success. And you, you just went with, I don't know. It seemed like good odds. <laughs> <laughs> you know, RIP to anybody that was playing showdown on Monday night because your lineups oh were probably gosh. done. <laughs> just officially done. But uh, this week, we have some interesting slates to talk about. We're going to be talking about the main slate you are going to be talking about the Thursday night game, which is pretty fun this week, uh, San Francisco and Seattle. We have a three-game Saturday slate. So this week is jam-packed. So from talking about DFS, I feel like my mind is all over the place from different slates. On this podcast on Tuesday, we're going to kind of review cash process, and then we're going to look forward to the Week 15 main slate. But let's give our special little announcement here. I feel like we've teased it. We talked about it on the main show, but... You and I, this Friday, will be live in studio. You can go to BallersLive.com at 2 p.m. Eastern. You and I will be doing a live stream breaking down the three-game Saturday slate, which is Indianapolis at Minnesota, Baltimore at Cleveland, and Miami at Buffalo. So it's kind of like Thanksgiving slate, but it's coming early this, you know, later this year, but Christmas early. That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, it's so great. I love it. Yeah, these I forget the NFL does this every year until about this week, and I go, Oh, yeah, sweet. We have another three-gamer on Saturday. So it'll be really fun for us to sweat those games in person and do a special live show. So it should be great. Um, if anyone can't make it, I mean, you should definitely clear your schedule. Like, take the day off work. Do whatever you have to do. Get out of whatever previous uh, things you had to do. Be there. But if you can't, Kyle, is this going to be available for, for everyone after the fact to watch? Yeah, you can restream it later on. Um, so we'll, we'll have this if you want to you know, find it later on Twitch or YouTube, uh, Fantasy Footballers. You can be a part of that at BallersLive.com. And before we get into our cash lineups in this week, we're going to give away another free DFS pass because that's what we're all about in the season is to give away some free stuff. We put out the call last week and we randomly chose one of the reviews. So Betts, why don't you read us this review uh, from, I'm going to mess this up. Is it Eros35? I would assume so. Yeah, Eros35 put this review for us on Apple Podcasts. says, the, the title is Change My Fantasy slash DFS Life. Five stars. I thought I love fantasy, but I've grown to love fantasy and DFS so much more than expected when listening to this podcast. Borgen bets are always a must listen, and I'm even considering entering the podcast DFS analyst space myself at some point. Uh, do not come for our jobs, first off. <laughs> I played football for 15 years of my life, and after quitting my freshman year of college, I thought I never would mentally get back into it from being burnt out physically from, all, from the sport. But my love for football has been revi- revived Thanks to the fantasy football realm and especially these guys at the fantasy footballers. Nice. Yeah, no, it's whatever season you're in. If you played um, like I, I didn't play football growing up. I played a lot of baseball uh, all the way through high school. Uh, Bets, you played soccer all the way into college, right? Yep. Soccer, hockey, baseball. Yeah. Whatever you're playing, like I think fantasy sports, I guess for a lot of people, they're all washed up like us, but it does give you that competitive edge, and DFS is a different game to play. So we're just excited that a lot of people are playing DFS for the rest of us. If you want to get more of our content in the DFS Pass, we are at the point where we're almost about to give this away for free. 
So I don't understand that from a business standpoint, but you can go to DFSPass.com, get our picks right now. It is 66% off. And if you use the promo code DFSPod, you save another 10%. So, you know, you're paying next to nothing for lots of good content. So go to DFSPass.com, but let's talk about our cash lineups. Straight cash, homie. Let's review week 14 that felt especially chalky. If you're playing in cash style formats, I wrote down here my really extensive notes. I ran a bunch of algorithms. It just said eat chalk because I added up my roster percentage. This was by far the chalkiest build that I've had the entire year, which is usually not something I love to do. Uh, but you and I had three early touchdowns and we had Jared Goff. And so there's a moment where we were sitting really pretty. Like going in the afternoon slate, I thought like, oh, I've got this. But there was enough chalk that the cash line moved a little bit. So you and I weren't far behind the cash line this week. And I know for you, you've been pretty hot the entire year. Did this one hurt? You drug me down, Kyle. <laughs> you took me down with you. No, what's funny is actually on uh, Friday night, I built this lineup. I sent it to Kyle and he sent me the same one back and said, wow, we built the exact same one. Didn't talk at all about building it. It just happened. And we were like, okay, like that feels pretty good. And I didn't change that lineup until Sunday. Like things felt pretty solid. And yeah, like you were saying, you know, it was funny because golf was going crazy. Derrick Henry looked like he was in line for just a massive day in the first quarter and first half. And then all of a sudden, like I kept watching Henry and, and kept watching that game. I was like, is this it? <laughs> like That's really it. And, um, and, you know, so that didn't hit the ceiling we looked for and all those sort of things. Greg Dulcich, if you told me he was going to get eight, nine targets against Kansas City, I would have played it every single time. He fell on his face. So, yeah, I mean, it was a tough week, I think, for us from a 50-50 double-up standpoint. I did okay and, and had a good week in head-to-head, so it was a fine week overall. Didn't really win anything big. And then for tournaments for me, it was just I, I was all in on Joe Burrow. I love the spot for him. Leverage off Joe Mixon. you know. But if you told me T. Higgins wasn't going to play. I wouldn't have played Joe Burrow. <laughs> Stacks, I would have, I would not have stacked him the way I did. So it didn't work out from that standpoint. But I will say my last point from this week, 14 takeaway, for the love of all things holy, do not play chalk defenses in tournaments. The Cowboys defense, even though it was the best spot on paper, we said this in the show on Friday, like don't play them. They reached, in some of the stuff I play, 35, 38, 40% for a defense and this is not a $2,500 defense this is a $3,800 defense anything can happen in the NFL that to me that's the biggest edge it's just if you don't do that you already have a leg up in GPPs yeah I think that there was some chalk for instance Amon Ra or Garrett Wilson that there were clear pivots that you could make in tournaments if you wanted to so DJ Shark was one that you wrote up I know we talked about Elijah Moore really the last two weeks and we're going to be talking about again this week so there's different spots in tournaments where if you want to go a different direction, you could, and it made a lot of sense with the stack. That Detroit-Minnesota game was by far the most popular. Like, it was carrying, you know, 40% roster percentage in a lot of tournaments, where it's just that one game. And luckily enough, if you hit it the right way, it was fine. If you went Goff, Chark, and Justin Jefferson, then you can get out of that game without a lot of damage. But if you went any other direction, if you went DeAndre Swift, uh, Jamal Williams was my full-on fade in our best plays, and I was pretty fortunate that he just did nothing. Uh... Just think, in tournaments, what is a way that you can get off some of the chalk? Because especially, you mentioned defense, it's pretty volatile week to week. But, let's move on. State of the Main Slate. Each week, we will be referring to the DraftKings Sportsbook line. It's where Bets and myself play. You can go to sportsbook.draftkings.com. And I want to check in with the wager that almost hit for me. 
right? Like, so close. So, so, so close. It was Russell Wilson, which, are you ready to eat crow on this podcast? <laughs> you know, it's, it's becoming a running joke at this point. Mac Jones buries me on Thanksgiving. Russell Wilson buries me on the main slate this past week. So, tune in Friday to hear who I will not be playing. And the easy translation is, okay, Betts is fading this guy. Play him in every lineup, and you'll probably win a million dollars. I was a Russ rushing touchdown away from hitting a monster parlay. I'd hit everything else, and then he goes down at the two-yard, which was really sad. That hit was really tough afterwards. But I did play a ton of Russell Wilson stacks with Jerry Judy, which is not a sentence I thought I'd be coming on this podcast. But it was one of those things where I was so close on DraftKings to be able to hit that parlay, and I did turn out really well in a couple of tournaments, a couple of small fields, because I was playing Russ, and I'm assuming no one else wanted to. He was at like one and a half, two percent and just stacked him with Judy and Kelsey. So I, I got there in a couple of spots. That felt really good. Is there a wager that you have that you're you're waiting on? It's this week. It's going to happen. You know, there's nothing that made me happier in week 14 than having you come on the show telling me how the Vikings were going to get the job done. You know, the Vegas line movement was wrong. Ah, dude, you can't fade the Lions anymore. I mean, you just can't. They're, they're going to... Um, they're not going to the playoffs. They're going to hit their win total. <laughs> this is really what I care about. Six and a half is where it's at. They are currently at six. And I am shocked, Kyle. Shocked. They're favored against the Jets this week. So I, those people that set these lines are smarter than me. I'm just going to ride the wave and hope for one more. Yeah, that line started with Jets minus one, but it's moved now to Detroit minus one. Their win total is something you were bullish on. Another one that we were su- – I think this was the first win total that we took this year was Chicago under. I think it was at seven. And the under hits this week if they lose to your Eagles. So that one feels really good. I, I just want to bring people back. When the season's over, you and I get to go through a lot of different other betting and wagering content when we get to uh, March, April, May. And those win total shows are still some of my favorites. So we'll get to review in a couple of weeks and review some of those processes. But I feel like win totals has been super strong and something that even still today, you can still get in on the books if you want to. Let's talk about week 15 on the main slate. There are only 10 games because we have a Thursday night game, we have three on Saturday, and then of course the Sunday and Monday night games. How does this change the slate for you in week 15 with only 10 games? Yeah, it's it's a very similar slate, I think, to what we had last week, except for this week, there really isn't a game that everyone is so excited to stack because the highest total right now is 49 and a half. And it's Chiefs and Texans. And kind of like what we saw last week with the Cowboys, it's a massive spread. So you have low scoring, I think, slate coming up because you only have 10 games and there's no one that's really above 50. And there's a lot that are in the low 40s range. So again, it feels like a very similar slate context to last week. One of those where I think if you followed this trend last week, you followed teams that you trust, like that have really good team totals that you think are going to roll. Cowboys, Chiefs, Eagles, those sort of things really did work last week. And so I think we're going to have a very similar approach in this slate there are teams that I, I love there are some game stacks that we'll talk about you know on the the show friday that i really do love but i think this is a week again to just go in on teams that you trust yeah like kansas city they have the highest team implied total in the slate it's over 31 i think the question people have when they're building this week is are they are, are they a team that you can use multiple pieces from and then do you need a bring back from the texan side this year has kind of showed me that i don't always have to have a bring back if those teams are killing it but i feel like the Chiefs are in the exact same situation that we had with the Cowboys last week. It's like, okay, we expect the Chiefs to win. How much passing volume is he going to get? But that game went totally different last week. 
than we than we expected. But I think Mahomes is in a safe spot. Like I, I think he's safe. I think you can get three touchdowns. I went back and looked at games where Patrick Mahomes is favored by fourteen plus, and he's come through in almost every single one of those with you know twenty five plus fantasy points. So uh, yes, there's some other good plays in that game, but just we follow good teams, we follow good offenses. Uh, same thing with Philadelphia with Dallas. Like those are good offenses we want to play. Which game do you think will be the most popular this week? I wrote down on the dock here, Tennessee at Los Angeles, taking on the Chargers. And the reason is because when you look at these teams, you think about how they want to play and the matchup on the defensive side of the ball across from them. You could not draw it up any more perfectly for what these teams want to do. The Chargers, they are content to let Justin Herbert drop back every single play if they want to because you can't run on the Titans, but... They have one of the worst secondaries in the league. So I think they're going to literally let Justin Herbert throw 65% of the time, maybe more. Um, they up in pace. They're up in pass rate. It should be beautiful. And now he has all of his guys back. So everyone's excited about the Chargers once again. And then on Tennessee, you think about the Chargers. What are they not good at on defense? It's stopping the run. Oh, here comes Derrick Henry to town. So it just sets up perfectly for what these teams want to do. No, I, I agree completely. Like these two teams, their defenses, they set up well. I said Dallas at Jacksonville. People are going to look at what Jacksonville did last week and their passing attack. You're going to see your boy Evan Ingram. And, I mean, it's just a really good spot for both teams. I'm shocked the line moved down to 47.5. I figured if you would have just told me blindly these two teams are playing, I would have put the total almost at 50. So is there something I'm missing in this game other than, yes, Dallas can have a a good defense? That might be it. I'm not sure, to be honest, because... When I looked, wrote this up in the Vegas report, like it does seem like a perfect storm for success because the Cowboys are a team, when you look at their season-long metrics on defense, have been elite. But when you look at their splits from weeks one to seven, they were shutting down everyone on defense. Since then, they're allowing about 21 points per game, which doesn't sound like a lot, but relative to what they were doing, which is about 14 points per game in the first month and a half, their defense has not been as good as they've been advertised. Not saying they can't have a good game here or there, but you know, look at what just happened last week. So the Jags are rolling right now. And meanwhile, on the defensive side of the ball for Jacksonville, they're 29th in DVOA over the last uh, five weeks. And it's a recipe for success. I think you have an overrated defense in Dallas. You have two good offenses and you have a terrible defense in Jacksonville. So I'm with you. This seems a little suspect that it's coming down, but um, we'll have to see what happens as the week goes on. I think we'll get probably money on the over throughout the week. You think the Cowboys added T.Y. Hilton and they just knocked the total down? <laughs> they're like, oh, they're going to start that guy out there. That's not good. It is weird. It was a total that I thought would be a lot higher. So I like that game. I think you can stack it on both sides of the ball with, you know, multiple running backs, multiple wide receivers, and tight ends. Like, there's just so many different combinations. So from DFS stacking perspective, I love it. Give me a game that you think might be sneaky this week. This one is all about slate context. And the reason I'm saying this is Detroit at the Jets. And I think as soon as everyone hears Detroit and they think Jets – they say, okay, is Jared Goff playing at home? No, uh, that's not good. The Jets, their secondary is elite. Oh, look what they just did to Josh Allen and all these guys. And I totally get that. But what I'm looking at is an offense in Detroit that is absolutely rolling. Like, credit to their offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson. He's in the freaking zone, man. Like, running Penny Soul motion <laughs> to convert a fourth and one or whatever, that's when you know your offensive coordinator is absolutely feeling it. Taking on the Jets, their defense is great. Don't get me wrong. But we know that offenses matter more than defenses. And Mike White is going to drop back a ton, assuming he gets the full bill of health with the rib issue. I know he was one of the streamers of the week Uh, for Jason on the main show. Great matchup in Detroit. So you have 
I think offenses that can get the job done in a slate context overall, where there's not really these games above 50, like if this one gets to 48, 49, 50 points and it hits the over, I think you're going to hear from some players in this game. Yeah, I think there's a couple ways you can look at this game because there are the splits you mentioned with Jared Goff on the road this year, 227 in 0.4 passing touchdowns. So that's bad. But you can buy into the fact this offense is just better and they have all their pieces together. The problem I have is that now Detroit isn't as condensed as you had them a couple weeks ago. Like, would you say that Amon Ra is taking somewhat of a hit in terms of his ceiling with these other weapons? Um, I don't necessarily. I mean, we only have like a one-game slate of that really, right? Like, or a one-game sample rather. Because two weeks ago, he was incredible. He scored two touchdowns over 30 DraftKings points. So I don't think that's the case. I think overall, there'll probably be a little bit less consistency, but he still has ceiling, in my opinion, for sure, every week. Yeah, I just want a better game environment for him in a dome where I can just say that game is going to hit 60 points. And I think this is one of those games you can't confidently say, oh, we're going to get a track meet. But I do like Mike White. I love the fact that they're averaging 74 offensive plays per game with him. So I think there's pieces that you can definitely correlate in that game. I probably won't be stacking Jared Goff. But, you know, if you wanted to do a Jay Willie and then bring it back with somebody on the other side like Garrett Wilson or Elijah Moore, I'm totally fine with that. If you want to do a Mon Ra and, and somebody else on the Jets side, I think that they're stackable pieces for sure. I'm going to say New England and Las Vegas, the Josh McDaniels revenge game. Uh, Las Vegas is one of the worst defenses in the league. And I think Mac Jones is somewhat interesting this week. I think he looked great on Monday night. There are some injuries on that side, so we'll have to see if they're going to commit to the run as much. But I think that there could be some points in that game, and I think it's sneaky where it's currently at, especially in that afternoon slate. Like Tennessee and Los Angeles is going to carry a lot of the roster percentage in that afternoon, and I think you're going to find that those afternoon games, uh, like New England, Las Vegas, you can find some pivots that can work. Which game do you want to be underweight on? And we, uh, oh, looks like we're on the same page. Yeah, I tried to find a second option because of the slate context. I was like, oh, I got to give people another option. But I mean, really, the answer I kept coming back to is Pittsburgh and Carolina. I love the defenses in this spot on both sides of the ball because I think we're going to get Mitch Trubisky, assuming Kenny Pickett can't clear protocol. And, you know, it's not like Kenny Pickett was playing incredible football as is. But when Mitch Trubisky was under center in the first month of the season, weeks one through four, the Steelers were 30th in yards per game. They just could not move the ball. So it's going to be gross, I think. And then on Carolina's side, if DJ Moore is out, which I think he will be, like, how are they getting it done? They're going to run the ball, I think, every single play. Chuba Hubbard and Deonta Foreman could each get 15 carries in this spot. So it just seems like a very, very unappealing game environment. Trubisky versus Darnold's not at the top of your list? You know, it's 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 up there. It's just not at the very top. We talked about this on the main show today, but do you know that the Panthers control their own destiny? Like, they just they they, yeah. they can win the division. That's the NFC South for you. Yeah, so they have four games left against Pittsburgh, against Detroit, both at home, and then at Tampa Bay and at New Orleans. I only say that because I have a Carolina Panthers over. What was their, was it five and a half or six and a half? It was six. Oh, six, okay. That so, can get there. Yeah, I think it can get there too. I never thought that I'd be rooting for Sam Darnold with that. I thought Baker was going to be the dude. But anyway, side note. Yeah, I just... I mean, where else would you go in this game? Like, you'd go Foreman and, like, Pickens or Foreman and, and Mute. There's just nowhere else you really need to go, right? I mean, dude, come on. I, I think you're—I can't tell if you're being serious because this man had an unbelievable catch last week 
and we got a few shout outs on Twitter about this. Uh, Lockjaw, your boy, with an incredible crazy in between the legs catch. He had to like sandwich it in between his knees as he fell to the ground. Uh, but in all reality, we'll talk about him and tell your standouts. He is insanely cheap, and Pittsburgh is a secondary that you can throw on. So I don't hate it as a cash game play, just as a punt. But yeah, I'm not going to get into a full game stack here. Okay, I was totally fishing for that. I was really hoping that you'd bring him up because he's really good. And 3500 on DraftKings. Why not? It's not the worst thing that you could do with your money. Which team are you most confident hits the over of their team implied total? Yeah, this goes back to our conversation about uh, the Cowboys and the Jaguars. You know, since week 10, the Jags are 29th in defensive scoring and 29th in DVOA, and their offense is performing extremely well in Dallas games since Dak Prescott came back. They're 5-1 and one to the over, so I think Dallas can hit their team total this week. I'm just going to lean into the Eagles. It's 28.5, which is a lot. This offense is humming. They're on the road against Chicago, who's 29th in total passing yards allowed. There's just so many different ways that the Eagles can score. I think we're still at least a week or two away from Dallas Goddard returning, but even then it would be even better. But there's just so much to like about this offense. It's averaging 29.7 points per game. So that's actually over what their team implied total is right now. So fly Eagles fly, they say, right? I'm I'm on cloud nine. You've got to be feeling great. I saw that Hertz. Did you see Hertz's MVP odds? No. What, is, what are they now? Minus 175. Oh, okay. Let's go. Is he the odds on favor? Yeah. Oh, brother. I, I was, think I have a plus 2200 ticket or something like that. Yeah, I was going through the and just walking through their schedule and then walking through Mahomes' schedule and said, is there value in me going for Mahomes this late? But the storyline, I think if the Eagles only lose one more game this year, I feel like everything's kind of riding on Hurts winning that. So, anyway. Uh, which team are you most confident hits the under, what we usually call the Denver Broncos Memorial Award, but... They smashed it. They totally smashed it this past week. Their team play total. So who's the team this week? I think we should rename this award. I think it should be the Buccaneers Memorial Award. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's be honest. They've been just as bad as Denver in terms of their offense. Um, this week, I'm going to go with Atlanta. 19 and a half. Like, to ask Desmond Ritter to come in and put up 20 points in his first start is, is really tough as a rookie. You know, the Saints... As a team, they have a lot of flaws, but they've been pretty good on defense. We saw that against the Bucks a couple weeks ago. San Francisco, they held to 13 points before their bye. So now they're coming out of their bye week. I think they'll get Marshawn Lattimore back in the lineup. And the Falcons announced before the bye that they were going to start Ritter. So now this team can prepare for Ritter from the get-go, and they've had extra time to prepare for him. So I like under on 19.5 for the Falcons. I have a couple teams in here. The Cardinals are at 17, a team implied total, with Colt McCoy under center. On the road against the Broncos, who they're a defense that we're going to talk about in salary standout. So don't really want a ton of Cardinals pieces. I guess you can play James Conner in a one-off if you want to. But I'm going to be underweight on the Lions. And maybe that's just me being a hater. But I, it's hard against the Jets defense that is allowing 18.7 points per game. It's fifth best. And since week four, it's only 16 points per game. So we know this is a good defense. The question is, can you stack it for tournaments? Uh, we'll talk about that probably more later on in the week if we're going to approach it that way. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll get to our salary standouts. Bets, we're like in the routine of things to the point where we've pushed beyond like, oh, we're still doing this. Like, okay, it's week 15. Do you think there's a lot of people right now that don't have the stones 
to stay with DFS in week 15. I was getting questions in our Discord from people like, oh, do more people stay with DFS? I feel like a lot of people drop off because they don't have any money in their account anymore. That's true. But that does tend to happen just in general for fantasy, right? Like July, August, everyone is hyped for the NFL season. And then things happen throughout the year, whether it's DFS or redraft leagues, you're out of it or whatever. So yeah, actually the um, overall, I think, volume and number of players actually decreases as the year goes on, which, you know, some people pick it up when they're out of their playoffs for fantasy, but certainly there is a drop off overall for the industry. Do you feel like there's a temptation when you, if you have a bad week in DFS, you get to look at your best ball and go, huh, well, I got some teams alive in best ball and I'm feeling pretty good about that. Uh, that that's that's what I looked at this morning. I'm dead inside, Kyle. Absolutely dead. I barely got out of bed this morning, if I'm honest with you, because my best best ball mania teams that advanced, all three, Ramondre Stevenson. My most important league, my home league, <laughs> needed Ramondre Stevenson to get in the playoffs last week. So DFS is all I have. Hey, Thanks. this is the, and this is why you're coming here because you don't have anything else in life. It's just it's that's just it, this is it. This is it. I got Kyle and I got this podcast. I won't lie. I'm. It's been a good year for me. In my main home league, I got the bye, wrapped it up. In my other main league, uh, I got in the playoffs. And then Mike and I's team got in the playoffs too for the league of records. So I feel like my main teams are doing work. And now it just kind of comes down to like I need one of them to hit, maybe a best ball to hit, and just kind of finish the year. I mean, my toilet bet hit. So maybe I've already used all my good juju. I was going to say you used it on – you could have used it on worse stuff, but yeah, I think you used it all. All right. Let's move on to week 15 salary standouts. Salary standouts. So early in the week, Betts and I will be discussing our main salary standouts on the main slate. If you are interested in Thursday night showdown content, that's in the DFS pass. Betts gets to give that Thursday morning. And then we will be doing our live stream once again for the Saturday Three-game slate, we'll be doing that on Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern. So this week, we want to keep the main things the main things, but then we're adding an extra show on Friday. So for week 15 main slate, who are the quarterbacks that you are interested in? It looks like you and I are in the same boat. Yeah, the two that you put for DraftKings are the two that immediately stuck out to me. Justin Herbert at 7.2K against Tennessee. We talked about the matchup. They're going to throw the football on almost every play, and this Secondary for Tennessee is just giving it up to everyone. Look at what just happened with Trevor Lawrence last week. Zay Jones, Evan Ingram career day. It's incredible. And, you know, for Herbert, like everyone in the fantasy community was kind of and real life NFL community was giving him a hard time. The guy had no weapons all year. He has not played a single game except for last week with Mike Williams, Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler, Joshua Palmer all on the field together and finished the game until last week. Oh, I'm surprised. He threw for over 360 yards and 7.2 yards per attempt. So I love Herbert in this spot. You also listed Dak here. He's a lot cheaper, $1,000 cheaper against the Jaguars. Talk to me about Dak Prescott. Yeah, I think those two quarterbacks in that game, Dak Prescott, Trevor Lawrence at 6K, I think those two quarterbacks are going to be a big conversation this week in stacking. So you have to ask yourself with the Cowboys, if you're interested in the running backs, I'm probably not going to be stacking Dak in cash. Like if you're playing Pollard, if you're playing Zeke, but this offense is one that we want to buy into, and we have been buying into since Dak returned, and that price tag is just too cheap. So you're not getting the same elevated pass rate that you're going to get from Herbert, especially against a Titans team that's allowing the highest pass rate over expectation for their opponents. So I think Herbert is safer right now, 
But if you need the cash, $1,000 in a game where I already like the over makes a ton of sense this week. Yep, I'm I'm with you. I think whether it's via cash games or in a tournament setting, like I'm going to play both these quarterbacks this week. Jalen Hurts at 9K on FanDuel is showing up. Patrick Mahomes at 9,100. They're going to show up in points per dollar. Hertz is one of those players where it's always hard for me to get up there. Like he's priced so high now where you can't just say like, oh, I, I can stomach it. So would you pay up that much in cash or are you just more interested in those first two? I think, I mean, for cash games on FanDuel, like there's always a construction that you can get to those quarterbacks if you want them. And because you need touchdowns, you need your offense to roll. I think if I'm playing cash this week on FanDuel, you know, I'm trying to get up to Hertz or Mahomes. It's they're the same to me. They're both elite plays. They're a hundred dollars different. So, you know, I guess in theory, the Chiefs have a little bit of a higher team total, but we know Hertz can run the football and that matters so much. So both those guys are in top spots this week on uh, on FanDuel. I think what's harder for me on Hertz on DraftKings is I think it's another good spot for Miles Sanders at six point five. He went ham this past week. I know you got to play him in a couple of GPPs, so uh, like Miles Sanders, but in the same game, David Montgomery, 6,300 is too cheap. Philadelphia ranks 24th in rush DVOA. Chicago is 29th in rush DVOA. So both of those teams you can run on. Do you have a lean on either one of those running backs? Do you like either of them this week? I mean, it's always an easier conversation to say, like, I'm going to roll with the better offense. So if it's, you know, head-to-head conversation for me, it's easily Miles Sanders over Montgomery. The thing about the the Eagles stats is their splits with and without Jordan Davis on the D line are massive when he's been in there they've been a top 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 notch run defense we saw it again last week so the matchup I think is a little misleading if you just look at kind of the last six or seven weeks because he was out with a ankle sprain um you know and Jalen Hurts is gonna run the football but Justin Herbert is more of a candidate to take a 60 yarder to the house Jalen Hurts can do that he just doesn't do it as often so like of the quarterbacks who's gonna steal more rushing production I think uh, Fields will steal more from Montgomery, if that makes sense. Isaiah Pacheco was one of the salary standouts that I saw this week early on. 5.9 against the Texans. I know McKinnon saw a lot of work last week, especially in the passing game. Like He was awesome out of nowhere. Is Pacheco somebody that if you want to spin down, do you like him at 5.8? Or if you knew that Damian Harris was the dude for the Patriots, he's 5.8. Yeah, I think I lean Harris if I'm picking between the two. But it's, I mean, it's a great matchup either way for both these guys. 5,800 for Harris, 5,900 for Pacheco. My only concern with Pacheco is just, you know, like two weeks ago, the role wasn't as solidified as what it was in the first three weeks before that. Like it was very clear. McKinnon's a pass downs. Pacheco's in there on rushing downs. He's going to get the, you know, positive game script work. And like we've seen McKinnon get some of that and also get some goal line touches. So it's been... A little less, I think, um, you can hang your hat on it less than what I think we would expect. That said, the matchup against Houston is awesome. We saw Zeke get there last week and Tony Pollard, so it should not be surprising to anyone if McKinnon and Pacheco have a good day against this Houston defense. So I think I lean Pacheco, and you also get a little concern removed from injury. Damian Harris hasn't played in a couple weeks, um, hasn't practiced yet since the injury, so there's more risk, I think, with Harris splitting time with Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris and whoever else they bring in off the street. So uh, to me, I think Pacheco, if you're making me choose, you know, head to head. I think Pacheco will be the most popular Chiefs player in cash this week on DraftKings. Probably. Yeah, probably based off his price. Yeah. And matchup. 
A couple other running backs here. So Tony Pollard, I feel like we're talking about him every single week at 7.1. I feel like his salary should be $500, $600 more for just how efficient he's been, uh, big plays in a game environment we like. So 7.1 for Tony Pollard looks great. Alvin Kamara was a name that stood out to me as well. One, as a pessimistic Falcons fan that's been killed by him for years. And then the price tag's great. I feel like a lot of people are scared to click the button because of the pain that Alvin Kamara has given him this year where just the touchdowns haven't flowed. Yeah, his touchdowns have been a concern. But earlier this year, when he was in a touchdown slump, what did we do, Kyle? We bet him for one. We bet him for two. We bet him for three with Jason when he was on the show with me. And, um, you know, this is a spot where I could definitely see him having a get-right game. Thinking about what happened last time we saw him before the bye, national game, Monday Night Football, Mark Ingram getting way more work than anyone thought. Mark Ingram's out, and they have uh, David Johnson David Johnson, in for the backup role. So Kamara coming out of the bye, I think, has a good path to 15, 16, 17-plus touches, and 6.8 on DraftKings is so cheap for a guy with his skill set that we know can catch the football. We know Andy Dalton's starting again, too, so those dump-offs should be there. I'm probably this week... I think my biggest internal struggle already is Eckler and Derrick Henry and what to do with those two who are priced up. DraftKings, 8500 for Eckler, 8000 for Henry. We mentioned that they're a run funnel defense that you can run on the Chargers. And then you look at the Titans who are great against the run, but it's like, who cares? It's Austin Eckler. Uh, he's going to you know get seven catches plus in the game. So, man, both of those running backs, I feel like if you pick the right one, and that game goes off like you have a GPP winning play for you. For sure. Yeah. And the thing with Eckler, too, is like, I almost don't really care what he does on the ground, right? Because all of his value, especially on DraftKings, comes from catching six, seven, eight balls every week. And he really is putting up wide receiver numbers. So if he gets there and gets a goal line touch or two and finds the end zone and gets that extra six catches and 50 yards receiving, like, he can definitely get there in the tournament. And I don't think it's crazy to even consider stacking him with Herbert. At wide receiver. The Chargers guys are going to show up in a lot of optimals. My boy Keenan Allen, 6,800. If you just wanted to lock that in with cash, don't blame you at all against the Titans. Mike Williams is only 6,300. That is very tempting in a lot of different spots, especially in tournaments. So uh, both of those Chargers receivers are going to show up pretty well. In terms of cheaper cash plays, Garrett Wilson's going to show up again against a Lions defense that you know people have picked on the entire year. He's only 6K. And Elijah Moore is only 3,600. I think you and I are pretty bullish on him early in the week. For sure. It makes for a very difficult decision, assuming Corey Davis is out, because I don't think I'd want to start both guys. Although maybe you could. They're both cheap enough, and the matchup is so good. Detroit very quietly has been elite at run defense in the last five, six weeks, but they are getting destroyed through the air. And specifically, the slot wide receiver against Detroit has gone off. KJ Osborne, 538-1. Christian Kirk, 6104-0. Isaiah McKenzie on Thanksgiving, 696-1. The week before that, Wanda Robinson tore his ACL before going out early, 9 for 100. So slot wide receivers are crushing, and that's where both these guys will move in and out of the slot. Elijah Moore played there 66% of the time last week. So either way, I'm going to have, I think, at least one of these guys in my cash lineup. Yeah, I think one of those Jets players feels like they're pretty safe in terms of volume. On a PPR site, I like that a lot. Chris Olave on both sides, I think, is a great value. Um, I smile every time I just see anything about Chris Olave. It is against the Falcons, so whatever, dude. Just do do your thing. Uh, so Chris Olave at 6.5, I think, is great. And then 
I was looking at Jamar Chase on FanDuel. He's expensive, all right? He's 9K. I just don't care. Like, he's one of those players, especially if T. Higgins is out, especially if Tyler Boyd's out, where you just ignore everything else. The last two weeks, bets he's been targeted on 33% of his routes, and his yards per route run is 3.09. Elite. Yeah, not much to say. And, you know, they they call T. Higgins day-to-day. I'd be surprised if he's 100% even available. And then Tyler Boyd with the finger. Jamar Chase is going to see a 30% target share in this game. So, yeah, it's not a, a bad bet at all, even at a, a very lofty price tag. My hope is that he comes in a little under the radar on DraftKings based off his salary and based off of people wanting to play Olave and, you know, the Chargers guys and Garrett Wilson. I'm going to try to find a way to just jam in my lineup somewhere. All right, I'm going to just hold this to you right now. Are you playing him on wrong cash this week? Because pretty much you've had him in the last six weeks. I have. I haven't even considered it, but I did notice that his price didn't really change at all. And I was surprised because normally when a player has a average to down week, they'll adjust him down a little bit and account for matchup. They did not do that. So there's probably better options on the board in that price range for me this week that I'm not saying Amon Ra's not going to have a great game. I just don't feel as confident as we did the last you know three or four weeks. Do you see what he is on FanDuel? I haven't looked there, no. 8,400. I'm not playing him cash over there. Yeah, on FanDuel, on a non-PPR side, I was just like was shocked that like given the matchup, they're usually pretty sensitive to that stuff. Let's talk about some punt plays, or at least guys that are pretty cheap. Uh, we mentioned Terrace Marshall Jr., the GOAT, Lockjaw, 3.5. Anything else you want to add to him? Uh, best wide receiver to ever play in the NFL. That's about it. All right, that's all you need to know. Uh, yeah, opportunities there. He's cheap. I want to throw out two guys that are named Trent that play for the Bengals. <laughs> this is my Trent. Well, one's name's Trent. The other one's Trenton. Yeah, they're both Trent to me. <laughs> Trent bros. Uh, Trenton Irwin was the long-haired dude you saw score a touchdown on red zone this past week, and that's why he's 3.6. Trent Taylor is the natural slot wide receiver who's 3.3, and he's, I think, a better play on DraftKings at 3.3 if you wanted to go there. If both those Bengals players were out, I don't mind that in cash, but I don't think you should have a build in cash where you're playing a cheap, you know, two cheap players. Like, I'm not playing Elijah Moore, Terrace Marshall, and, you know, I'm not playing two guys like that and one of these guys too. For sure. And if you, for some reason, like we haven't really built teams yet, but for some reason, if you do need two of these guys in cash, I think I would lock in, I mean, we would lock in Lockjaw. And Elijah Moore would be a standout play if Corey Davis is out. Yeah, those, those two are uh, above. But I just thought it's pretty cool that we didn't mention two guys named Trent at the same time on the same team. That I mean, what what could what could you do wrong here? I mean, this isn't an Adam Humphreys play, is it? <laughs> that was what three years ago at this point or something. Yeah, don't don't play Adam Humphreys, people. Uh, tight end. <laughs> I have a bunch of players listed here, and they're all pretty cheap. But if you look at the salaries, it's Travis Kelsey and a mile before you get to anyone else like he's just priced so far above everyone else because of his role i won't be going there in cash especially in a game where it looks like they could just steamroll and i don't know how much usage he's going to get in the second half dalton schultz at 4.4 is great in the same game evan ingram 3.8 do you feel like people will chase one of the greatest performances ever probably not people think dallas is a very good defense and so I think they're going to shy away from it. 
But that said, people, I think, will at least be excited about maybe stacking Lawrence. So he would make sense as more of a tournament play for me. The guy that I saw immediately when I logged in here is Greg Dulcich. Again, you know, last week it didn't work out, but you just look at the opportunity. It was absolutely there. What did he see? Eight or nine targets in that game. Now he gets the matchup of all matchups. I mean, it, it is really crazy when we have these outlier defensive matchups. I think sometimes we can overrate them in fantasy, but like this one matters. Hunter Henry almost scored like a 50-yard touchdown last night. That's the matchup that we're getting. So give me the volume with Greg Dulcich against the Cardinals. Even with Brett Rippon, if, he, if he's the dude, I would still play him in cash. I'll give you a cheaper name. Um, last week, we talked about Chica Conquo at 3.1. I think he's fine. But Cade Otten at 2.9, I think is interesting. Last two weeks, he's ran 77 routes. That's the most among all tight ends. And Cam Brate was even out there this past week. So Cade Otten at 2.9, I think is interesting. Anybody below 3K that's getting that type of usage. And we assume that Tom Brady and the Bucks are going to have to throw at will against the Bengals. So Kate Otten's kind of interesting. Um, at defense, I like a lot of defenses this week below 3K. Like I was shocked how many options we have. The Patriots is turning out to be one of my favorites at 2.8. That looks really good. The Broncos at 2.7 against Colt McCoy. I mean, at home, like that seems like a pretty good matchup. Yeah, there's a lot of good options this week. Like you said, I like those two that you mentioned, 2.7 for Denver, 2.8. For New England, I also put on the dock just if you want to spend up a little bit for GPPs, don't get crazy. Um, you can get the Carolina Panthers at 3.3. But the bottom line is, again, we're going to be seeing, I think, three to five options that you feel pretty good about in this 2.5 to 3.5 range. In tournaments, just get off the board. Don't play the chalk. Yeah, I think Denver on Fandle is going to easily be one of the you know ones that people go to 3.7. So either of those two you know, options. I think a lot of people, I think it's going to be better than last week where it was like people are playing the Steelers or they're playing the Cowboys. So yeah, defense, please, please, please. If they're chalky, go somewhere else in GPPs. That's what uh, we would recommend. If you want to play with us, go to ballersdfs.com, be in our DraftKings League, Fantasy Footballers DFS, Board Plus Bets. We have some pretty fun competitions this week, including a Thursday sweat with bets where I'm going to be live with him. You're going to be watching the game with me, and we're just going to be firing off live bets you know, left and right, right? I might not be able to afford the flight home with the wagering that's going to be happening, sorry, but it's going to be a magical time. <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry, I can't make it home for the Twins, but uh, see, see you next year. Um, no, it's going to be great, man. I'm excited. Thursday night football write-up will be in DFS Pass out on Thursday morning. We'll have some contests so you can read the content and come take my money. And we'll also do some a special Saturday one as well since we're live streaming this friday so yeah the three game slate treat it just like thanksgiving it's pretty fun i won't say the games are great like there's a couple of duds in there that i'm not like Ugh. yeah the cleveland the ravens game looks yeah sketchy <laughs> so yes go to ballersdfs.com if you want to play in our leagues and dude next time i hear your voice you're just gonna be tomorrow you're gonna be live in studio and i think that's what the people are waiting for yeah, it's going to be great, man. I'm super excited. It's going to be a super fun week for the, the brand and all these things. So get up in the DFS Pass. And we didn't even mention, we're giving another one away on the live stream on Friday, by the way. So tune in. And we forgot to mention, Kyle, we're, we're such pros at this whole thing. We forgot to mention to our winner today how to get your DFS Pass. <laughs> we just mentioned you won. Didn't say anything about it. So yes, eros 35 if you are the winner. DM me on Twitter at the Fantasy PT. I'll get you hooked up. So, Betts, when you fly, just to, I want to get in the zone here when I pick you up tomorrow at the airport. Uh, like, what's your game plan? Are you trying to? Are you trying to sleep? Are you trying to like watch a couple movies? 
kind of plane rider are you? Dude, do you know me at all? I'm going to be plugged into the Wi-Fi working on the flight because I got five hours from Philly to Phoenix tomorrow. Dang. I would not be doing that at all. I would just be checking out, just going to sleep. But... Well, our bosses are terrible, and they're so mean to us, so I have to. And technically, you're going to be working double time because you're going to be flying and then get some more time here on the West Coast. So you're going to be working double time. Nope. I didn't think about that. I know. Maybe I will take a nap. Dude, take a nap. Just do whatever you want. Oh, man. All right, bets. Sign us off for the people. Yes, it is going to be a great week. Make sure you're plugged in for all the content we have. Podcast, DFS Pass, live stream Friday at 2 o'clock Eastern. We'll see you then. This podcast will be after the main slate on Friday. We'll see you then. Have a great week. Listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.